Hello, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory, and welcome to Games on Film. And here we are, episode one, and what better way to start the uh, Games on Film podcast franchise <laughs> uh, proper than to uh, look at a new release, and this new release is the new version of <laughs> Tomb Raider. Yes, the re- well, we say a reboot, but people get they say it's an adaptation. No subtitle. No, Tomb Raider 2013. Tomb Raider 2013. And this uh, new Tomb Raider is an adaptation, more or less, of that game, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's right. So if you listened to episode zero, um, we introduced the podcast then to talk about the things that we were looking forward to. And um, the idea of starting the podcast, to give a quick recap, now was because we had a whole bunch of um, video game movies all coming out or video game related movies all Mm -hmm. coming out and quits at session Mm -hmm. and the first out of the gate for 2018 Mm -hmm. is um, this new version of Tomb Raider and uh, you saw it today I saw it today on the day of recording on yes on it so it's a bit more fresher in my mind I had a pretty crappy morning and so I decided to cheer myself up by watching (laughs) a fantastic Potentially fantastic film. You decided to cheer yourself up by watching a young woman get gradually traumatised. Well, I, I remember when I when I got dumped by my first ever girlfriend, I decided to go and see Rambo, and he killed an awful lot of men, and it made me feel a lot better. Okay. <laughs> so, well, in a way, a in thing. a way, this was a sort of uh, has its Rambo parallels, yes. which I'm sure we'll get on onto. Ah, but Soon. before we go any further, I suppose we should say this podcast is going to feature spoilers. So I'm um, sorry if you didn't <coughs> think it might go a bit Rambo at the end. Um, <laughs> to just, well, but if you want to hear more, then just keep listening. But if you don't want to hear anything about what's happening in the film Tomb Raider, go and see it or check out Wikipedia. It'll have the whole plot synopsis there. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, it's cheaper than going to the movies. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I think our spoiler policy on this podcast going forward is if the episode is titled a certain movie, we're going to be talking about that movie in detail, but we'll try not to do any spoilers about anything else en route. Yes, anything in recorded history is going to be... We won't spoil a thing. <laughs> It'll be a little bit hard, though, to talk about this film without mentioning say indiana jones yeah and by token i mean you know we won't do big twists and anything for other other works of art such as tomb raider yes and i think we're also going to try as best we can not talk too much about the angelina jolie tomb raider films but inevitably there'll be certain certain parallels certain things you might touch upon so again if you if you've been waiting how, 18 years to watch Tomb Raider, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Pause it now. Watch it now. So I think the first thing we're going to do is give us, we're going to try and pull out a synopsis out of our brains. Um, 
no prep whatsoever. Should I do it? Because I've Let's see. seen it. I'd like to see you take yeah. a stab. Okay, so this is your last chance. Um, spoiler warning, there's all that, all that jazz. So anyway, um, Tomb Raider, it begins with Lara Croft being part of a biker gang, as in cyclists. Um, she is... Not motorcycles. Not motorcycles. She hasn't joined Hell's Angels. No, she's just... A, she is... An, effectively an uber eats delivery cyclist she's a delivery hipster pretty much because the lara croft of this movie um has eschewed the finance her massive fortune left by her father who has uh mysteriously vanished presumed dead but um she um after a few bits of a few scrapes as we uh, establish her being a bit of a a bit of a tear away she does a, a cycling race mm-hmm. through london and ends up in a police station she um eventually finds oh gosh how does she get to the to the manor well we'll we'll get into the details of it when we get stuck in but okay. just a, just an overview so anyway she's um Lara Croft's this bit of a tear away but she eventually gets on the trail of where her father may have ended up he's not exactly dead he's actually on an island and he follows the, the trail left by her dad to uh, hong kong i think yes then on a boat which goes to this island, and you might know the name of the island. What's the island called? Yamatai. Yamatai Island. And turns out there's some baddies on Yamatai Island. And these baddies are trying to find a tomb. Yeah. <laughs> and in this tomb is apparently a, an old Japanese lady. <laughs> a dead Japanese lady. Yeah, she's she's so old that she died. Yeah, she's so she died from Thousands oldness. of years ago. Um... And then she, so Lara gets to this island, finds these baddies, runs away from the baddies, and would you know it, his, her dad's there <laughs> on the island. Not dead. He has find her dead daddy island. Her dead dad, who's now alive, Dominic West. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's I think that's as much synopsis as we need. Um, no, but come on, what happens next? We haven't well, got no, to no, the no, tomb raiding. I, I think by synopsis, I mean general <laughs> overview, and then we'll get stuck oh, into you, the Oh, you meant in a nutshell. Yeah. So I didn't know what the word I synopsis meant, just like, meant. Well, like, you know, let's not get so thorough, because so, we'll okay. do that later. In a nutshell, the plot of Tomb Raider... She raids a tomb. She raids a tomb. <laughs> so does she? Because um, Well, I want to talk about this. Um, who should actually be on the poster? I don't think it's Alicia Vikander. Well, it should the, be the, the question... actual Tomb Raider. Okay, in so, question. but yeah, the film is called Tomb Raider. Who is the Tomb Raider? Um, according to my notes, it's a man called uh, Walton Goggins, which is the actor. Yes. Um, playing a character called Vogel. Yes, it's Matthias Vogel. Matthias Vogel. It's a very um, Germanic. Well, you know, it's got a V in it, like um, or like villain. Villain. Yeah, he might as well have been called Mister Villain because Matthias Villain. He, um, we establish like he gets the island, and he says, "I killed your father." It turns out to be a lie. I can't quite remember why he lied about that, but anyway. But do you think he knew? That his dad, that uh, we didn't Lord esta- Croft was alive. But no, no, no. But did we? Did it establish how he, in quotation marks, killed him? Um, because he said, "Like I thought you were dead." Yeah. Or I thought I, I killed know. you. But maybe he just forgot. Maybe he just like shot someone one day and then just forgot who it was. And several years later, he, was he, like, well, shoot, "I thought like, I killed you." He, did shoot, he, he um, I mean, these baddies are employing um, 
slaves. <laughs> you don't employ a slave. Um, these baddies got prisoners who yeah. are digging for this tomb. And to establish his, his baddie credentials, he not only says he's killed Lara's father, but then he shoots an old man in cold blood. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, bad workforce management there, I think, because he, he doesn't understand that with more workers, you'll get more done. Yeah, but this one was... He he was Ill. he was old. He's been unwell, but I I still feel like an unwell worker is does more work than a dead worker. Mm. So, well, I mean, he'd been there a while, so he's probably forgotten about the uh, employment mm. procedure. There was no HR <laughs> department. No, in exactly. his evil organization. I mean, which that would called... have been a nice kiss off line. You know, tell that to HR. <laughs> or something. Um, here's your P forty five. Um, I feel like we've already gone wildly off tangent i got a bit distracted by the whole um synopsis (laughs) aspect of this so i guess um what we should uh, yeah because i I was asking what is who is the tomb raider yes and whether tomb raider in the title refers to laura croft or Mm. whether it refers to um matthias yeah or if it's just a generic because um, i mean when if you didn't know about the video games um what would you glean from the the title? Well, it's clearly like the game like was originally called Tomb Raider because it has the word Raider in it, and so it's Indiana Jones. But they qualify. They make sure he's not raiding like the sock drawer or something. <laughs> it's um, it's definitely tombs that this character is raiding. It's not. She's still an archaeologist. Mm. But I'm mean, not to compare this new Lara Croft to the old Lara Croft too much. Um. But she seems this this Tomb Raider seems singularly uninterested in history at all and an archaeology. Yeah. And this is I know this is also a sort of a Batman Begins style origin story. So we we get um, the final shot of the film is like a, a, a sort of not post title post credit sequence, it's a mid credit sequence where she goes into a pawn shop with your good old Nick Frost. Mm-hmm. And um, she buys from uh, the pawn shop two massive handguns, which is kind of her... Her, her iconic thing. Her iconic guns. Um, and so I guess we're supposed to um, supposed to assume that Tomb Raider 2, when if and when that gets made, is going to be sort of the Lara Croft that we, we know and love from the 90s. Well, I think... I, I think... Maybe we should go on to the game itself in which it's based because mm. that would probably help to answer that question. Um, yes, so I've actually... So we talk about history of the the games. Um, we both... Again, we're both brothers, have we said, in episode zero. We grew up together. But we're a kind of Nintendo kids, weren't we? Predominantly, Predominantly. yeah. It was only when the Dreamcast came around that we got something not made by Nintendo. And we did get, um, I think it was Tomb Raider, The Last Revelation, which was the Mm. fourth Tomb Raider game in that classic set. But as we said, this game is based, this film is based on the The 2013 2013 one. And had you played any other Tomb Raider games before you played that one? I played Dribs and Drabs. I played a little... (laughs) (laughs) That was Tomb Raider Raider 6. Dribs and Drabs. Dribs and Drabs. (laughs) Um... Well, no, I played a little bit of the first PlayStation game, um, mainly just the opening stage where it's like her saying, let's try climbing over this box. Oh, God, I remember. Yeah, I was watching you trying to climb over that box for a couple of hours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And then, yeah, I played a little bit of Last Revelation um, and I played through the whole of the 2013 mm-hmm. um, game a few years ago. In 2013? No. No, no, no. <laughs> I waited until it was on offer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I've, I've got a, a, a good idea of the source material for this particular game. I mean, this particular movie. And it's very much... I don't know how much is influenced by uh, the one which followed, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Have you not played that one? I've not played Rise of the Tomb Raider. And we've got Shadow of the Tomb Raider mm. just announced, just coming announced. out later in this year, which is meant to be the the completion of this rebooted oh. Lara trilogy in the games. Um, but yes, with the, with the new game, the idea was to reboot the character and... Um, look back at her origins and reinvent who she is and how she is and before she even thought about raiding a single tomb. Um, But what you said about um, she doesn't seem really very interested in tombs Mm -hmm. or archaeology because in the movie, like, her dad keeps all that stuff hidden from her, so Mm. it's not like she got an interest from her father. But in the game, she's um, definitely on board for... She's, I guess, sort of Finnish university and she's like a history archaeology nerd. It's bizarre because I am... Um... Because I hadn't, I've not played the 2013 Tomb Raider game, so I did a quick of a, a little bit of a look on Wikipedia, and or, and I had to look at Lara Croft on Wikipedia as well, and it did say that she went to university, and they make it a, a point in the, this film, but she didn't go to university. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. So in the game, you 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 st- the character already starts off on a boat on the way to uh, Yamatai. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kind of the main story in terms of the tomb that they're raiding and all that kind of jazz is the same with the game. So it's all about this Queen Himiko Mm. legend and the legend of Yamatai, which um, is a real legend, but I'd never heard of it before. I studied Japanese and did a little bit of Japanese history, but, Mm. you know, this was quite an obscure... Myth. You learned the conservative history of Japan, which they want you to know about, yeah. but the dark arts were not taught to you. I a... feel completely gypped that <laughs> they didn't even go anywhere near sort of evil. The start of the Death film. Queens. The start of the film is um, <clears throat> Lord Croft, aka Dominic West, um, n- narrating the history of uh, Yamakai. Yamatai. 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 Um, Get this fictitious place. I know. Name I, the right. whole it's film, important. because I've been like, what I watched was a kickboxer recently. I kept hearing Kumite, Kumite, mm. Kumite in my head. But anyway, um, it starts with Dominic West narrating the story. And did you notice how he said the word um, Yamakai? Yamatai. <laughs> Yamatai. He says Yamatai was entombed yeah. in the islands. Like we should have, I should have been like, sort of like, Put a little sort of like tick every time I heard the word tomb. Yeah, very much establishing established that's definitely a Tomb Raider film. So with the with the game, um yeah, so, so the legend in the game is the, the legend same of the game in the film. In the, in the film um, she's on a boat and they the island's surrounded by storms. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really do it much in the film, but the whole idea is that they can't get off the island because it's the Queen Himiko is controlling the weather and yeah. all the storms. So that's why they're sort of trapped. She's got a lot more friends. She's got all these colleagues on the boat. 
they're mainly there for you to save. Yeah. That's the idea, is that they're just different people who you, who you yeah, save I mean, at different points. I mean, I kind of... The, her, her, I kept... In my notes, I forgot the name of her Hong Kong mate. I thought he was going to be like a, a, a major character who kept popping up, but he actually just kind of babysits the prisoners. Um, <laughs> there is a Matthias Vogel, I think, in the game. Right. There's stuff about Trinity and... Yeah, okay, they change stuff. And I don't think in the game there's really anything to do with your dad so much. Like, that was the main focus of the story here. But in the mm. game there isn't really that focus. But everything else, like the whole Himiko, Yamatai, mm. all that kind of setup was mm. pretty much, you know, lifted from the game. Cool. Okay. Well, I did wonder that. I mean, I don't want to spend this whole podcast asking Rory, um, <laughs> did this happen in the game? Did no, 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 no. But game? I just think but, it's good to um, sort of establish yeah. how it was. So in terms of the in terms of the source and the adaptation, I think it it very much captured the look and feel mm. um, of that game, and it sort of stripped away a lot of stuff which is necessary because obviously a game lasts a lot longer, mm. and this needs to be shorter. But what I liked about the film. In, in mm-hmm. separated from the game, um, which I guess we can talk, get sort of leap into sort of discussion of the film blow by blow a little yeah. bit now. Is, I mean, um, it starts with her in a big fight, doesn't it? She's fighting um, yeah. kickboxing, I think it is. And um, gosh, she is ripped, isn't she? <laughs> she has yeah, got she's, a six pack. She's, yeah, she's af af leisure. Athleisure? No, that... it's just but when we saw the film, um, there was a really irritating commercial for Diet Coke. Oh, gosh, yes. Just beforehand. Yes. And this woman was talking about, yeah, I can have a Diet Coke. Mm. And she mentioned the word athleisure. I see. Anyway. Well, Lara is a LucasAid lady, isn't she? She's LucasAid through and through. I was just thinking about that LucasAid in her backpack throughout the entire film. <laughs> just waiting for her to get out the lip. Open it up and it's all fizzy and sprays all over it. It's nice how, like, so LucasAid, Tomb Raider, like, Lara Croft did, Lara Croft did commercials. I mean, <laughs> in the, back in the day, like, LucasAid and Lara Croft were, like, a thing and there were commercials. And it's nice that even though in the film they didn't have it, you know, at the moment there's LucasAid mm. promotional material tied in. I was, I really enjoyed the opening London mm. Like, Lara Croft as bike courier yes. hanging out. I could have very easily just watched a whole film where it's just her on her courier adventures. But that would be like, um, is it Premium Rush? The Joseph Gordon-Levitt yes. bike? Well, I haven't seen it, but I know it's the only bike courier movie that uh, exists. Yes, well, I mean, they obviously it was very clear they wanted you to um, like... think Lara Croft is one of us, basically, because... Um, the Lara Croft in uh, the Angelina Jolie films and the old uh, games, in the, old, in the original games, she was very much um, sort of a Bruce Wayne type character. She was very, very mm. wealthy. She drove around in an Aston Martin in the film. Um, loads of classic cars. She was really into that stuff. But um, I think in this day and age, everyone's very sensitive of of the one percenters being heroes, uh, especially going to other countries and stealing their relics. <laughs> so um, they wanted to make her one of us, and so they did. But I, I think that works as well in the plot because the idea, the reason why she doesn't want all that inheritance is because if she signs off the death papers, then it sort of 
it makes it real that her father, who is yeah. missing, is so, is dead. So there is a little bit of it's a bit of plot. So yeah. yeah, after after we establish how Lara Croft likes to spend her time being chased by loads of assholes on bicycles. Um, <laughs> I liked uh, that. I liked that sequence though. That yeah. Was fun. So so we she does this race where she's being chased by these cyclists. She's got a foxtail on her bike, and mm. um, I see this happening in London all the time, where <laughs> about twenty odd cyclists. Um, chase her. You can't move for paint trails on the I roads. Know, they, just... She's got a trail of paint behind her, and and if they catch her tail, her foxtail, then she she loses six hundred pounds, or she, I don't she know loses whether, the game. Yeah, I don't know whether like it was like a bet in that sense. Yeah. Um, but she uh, gets in trouble for the police, as she should. <laughs> yeah, she's a rap scallion. <laughs> yeah, I was. Just, I think I'm definitely. Be- this film really heightened how much of an old fuddy-duddy I am because I was just like, oh, she's just cycling around completely recklessly. At least she's wearing a helmet. But... Um, so dangerous. If, if that happened to... Oh, God, cyclist. And I, I'm a cyclist, but that sort of behaviour, I just would not... It's unacceptable. I look, it's unacceptable. Did Raiding she... tombs, yes. Cycling, dangerously, no. But despite that bad behaviour, she, she's... She's quite charismatic. She, I think, she yeah. sells it. Um, is it Alicia Vikander? Alicia Vikander, yeah. yeah. I think if the film definitely has, has one big strength is like her. And yes. I might. We'll get into whether or not we like where she goes a bit later. But I think you know you need a good actress in this role, um, and she definitely feel, fulfills that. And actually, I need to correct myself. I realise because um, uh, Hamish Steele, a uh, friend of the show, and um, brother um <laughs> he pointed out um having listened to the episode zero that um both lara crofts are have been played by oscar winning actresses for the same uh, awards um yes both best supporting actress yeah oscar winners which is which is interesting you think when considering that the rap um video game movies get you'd think that they want to go on to something less popcorny and, and less maybe lowbrow Perhaps it says something about how kind of starved for um, mm. um, uh, strong leading roles in movies for mm. women that, I mean, because that's the same thing that happened with Halle Berry. She went from Monster's Ball to Catwoman. Yeah, so <laughs> I think with this at least, I, I, I was, I mean, apparently Alicia Vikander's also a massive fan of the games growing up. Mm. Um, but I think also... There definitely seems to be a real effort, like the original game, the 2013 game, to make this um, a three-dimensional character and not just um, like a big pair of boobs in and some hot pants. Um, you put the boobs in the hot pants? Yeah, that's how I wear my, my pants. It's <laughs> um, not how they're supposed to be. So anyway... We we like we like Alicia Vikander. Yeah, I mean, I I, I first saw her in A Royal Affair, mm-hmm. which was a good film. It was a very good performance. I um, nominated her for the E.E. E. BAFTA Rising Star Awards. I can't remember Did who she won win? that. No, <laughs> but I saw one. I saw in her. She, she was she going was a places. Rising star. She was one of I like feel, five other stars. I feel I'm partially responsible for the success of her career. Yeah. I'm, well, I, I, I watched her Oscar speech. She didn't thank me once. Uh, I I've only um, I expected twice. To I be saw thanked. her. I've only seen her in Ex Machina. So um, so she gets away. This this portrayal of Lara Croft, although she does a lot of silly things, um, she gets away with it because um, Alicia is so winning. She has to sign 
she has does this happen in real life they she keeps getting put into rooms with Derek Jacoby and Christian Kristen Scott Thomas Kristen Scott Thomas <clears throat> and they keep saying sign your dad's death away or something well I think it's I'm I mean I think it's about sort of inheritance and mm. that kind of thing is that in order to inherit the wealth of a parent or something you have to sign you know if they're if they're missing presumed dead then you have to legally sign off to say yes i declare Is that because them. she's the last living relative or something so she's so she's saying that i accept that he's dead i get okay I because there makes... wasn't really i mean we know that her mum uh died as well but she barely gets mm. sort of referenced or mentioned I or notice, anything i did notice in the croft family crypt there was but one space left <laughs> because there were all these names of the lords and the but ladies actually, and then there was this one blank slate before, that's for you laura <laughs> <laughs> and then you well, need to bake another crypt but that's the, that's the thing is that um going back to what who is the tomb raider mm. she raids a tomb no it's a crypt <laughs> oh is that a crypt difference Different, uh, different franchise. Crypt Raider. Crypt Raider. What's the difference between a tomb and a crypt? Um, the spelling. <laughs> but also, the film establishes crypts contain secret rooms with uh, computers and fully operational camcorders, despite the fact they've been sat down there for several years. Well, it's only sort of seven years. Well, actually, I, how... with the Lady Croft, I think on her tomb, doesn't she say she died in 1996? So it's possible. Would she? No. I'm just trying to think. What, what, when this was set in 2018? Nah, nah. I just wonder whether she trying, died in childbirth. I was thought you could say, did she? Did she die before Lara Croft was born? <laughs> well, it might have been on the at the same time, um, but no, I don't think so. so Dates don't work out. So she, um, she's in this meeting trying to sign her her dad's death certificate or something along like, something along those yeah. lines, and she discovers uh, a Japanese puzzle box which she solves right away. When she was fiddling around with that puzzle box, did you sort of expect this would have been a secret um, like Hellraiser. stealth sequel to Hellraiser? No, I didn't. You know what? I know there's a lot of... Um, I know it's the, the all the rage to cross-pollinate things, but <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to cross-pollinate Hellraiser with <laughs> Might be a step um, too far. Tomb Raider, though they have a very similar roll of the tongue in a similar way. Um, but no, yeah, you're right. Actually, I have got, I've written down here in the notes that the puzzle box reminds me of Hellraiser, and um, especially sure Derek Jacoby was giving you an evil puzzle box, and I, he had the evil goatee as well, <laughs> and it made me think of the master from Doctor Who. Yeah. Um... But uh, she solves the puzzle box, which gives her a key, takes her to uh, a hidden room in the Croft family crypt. One thing I also noticed, um, the thing uh, Lord Croft and Lara share is like a special kissing motion. Okay, yeah. puts two fingers to the lips and go, and then... Extend. Extend. And that's exactly the same hand gesture that's used in uh, the film Masters of the Universe. I, I checked check my notes. <laughs> I wrote yep. down. I wrote down. Masters of the Universe. So I'd love to, good journey. Good journey. I would love is... to have seen a, a flashback, a sepia toned flashback of um, archery, followed by watching Masters of the Universe <laughs> on VHS. That's where they got that. Their traditional family greeting mm. was just like, no, let's just do what they do in Masters of the Universe. Good, yeah. Maybe maybe like um, the Croft family have like, I know. Castle Greyskull and Ancestry. <laughs> Do we own all these companies, she says at the end. Maybe, again, this was a stealth reboot of She-Ra. She could have been. So it's either a Hellraiser film or a She-Ra <laughs> movie, or possibly, and I think this is the most likely um, one, uh, a Tomb Raider movie. Yeah. Or all three. All three. 
Um, so her dad <clears throat> says on this video on the camcorder message, please don't follow me. And please <laughs> don't. Um, please burn all the evidence of my research into um, Himiko. Yes. I've, ri- I've written, I found where I wrote it down. Himiko. What are you doing? Are you writing it down? No, 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 no. Just <laughs> yeah, he says, going. please don't do what you're about to do next. And you know what? She does what she does next, next. <laughs> but that's the, but uh, any parent knows. Mm, mm. It's all about, um, what's it? Uh, reverse psychology. Uh, reverse psychology. Yeah. And the thing he should have said is, whatever you do, do not burn <laughs> all my stuff. Yeah. Do not get rid of it. Yeah. And... Y- she also finds um, in all the materials sh- which she should have burnt, um, she finds um, a tape machine with an audio message on um, and she listens to the start of it. And then later on in the film on the way to Hong Kong, she listens She listens to more of it and says, I'm starting to think my dad went crazy. And I'm just thought, didn't, why didn't you listen to the whole <laughs> tape before you left for Hong Kong? It's a long way to Hong Kong. <laughs> I mean, it's a good sort of eight, nine hour flight at least. I, know, direct. I, would, I would have listened to the tape before setting off. Maybe she was like, you know how people bank up podcasts yes. ready for a journey. She's maybe got... she was like, oh, don't want to use it all up. Yeah, maybe there are several tapes. Um, so she, she goes to Hong Kong. Well, beforehand is when we get first introduced to Nip Frost. Jamie Winston... As in daughter of Ray mm. is the wife. Yes, I was I trying to place where she who she was, and now I know. But it's a bit sad because like she was like I don't know young actress <laughs> sort of thing, but then at, at some time I guess yes. yeah. But then I guess like ten fifteen years later, she is playing the kind of scowling nagging wife mm, role. That's just what happens. <laughs> it's a bit sad, really. <laughs> um, I, don't I mean, she's all right. She was she was fine in that little little thing but it was a bit strange because it was like Nick Frost you're kind of is this a cameo or is it's or is this more than that I don't know again to compare this briefly to the Angelina Jolie one I felt Chris uh, Barry got more screen time Chris Barry wants me more screen time but in the, in the Angelina Jolie one I kind of felt none of the all the places none of the places were kind of real so she'd visit a lot of sets yeah. and um, in this one I think they did a better job of making the place feel like a real world um um but sort of there's also a little scenes and little characters like the pawn shop people um who um seem like to have fallen out of a sketch or something um yeah it was like here's the comic relief but we're going to keep it in this one part of the film mm. and not have any other jokes for the next you know well actually no there was a little bit of comedy in in hong kong well, well, but when she gets there, so anyway, she gets to Hong Kong. Yeah, so she, she pawns the, off some. She pawns off a priceless family memento. Yeah. Uh, in a pawn shop, um, in a, in a moderately amusing scene, um, <laughs> then she ends up flying to Hong Kong, um, where she's on the trail of the man who took mm. her dad to Yamatai. Yes. To find Himiko, the reason he's looking after Himiko is kind of a little bit just like. Oh, I wanted to believe in the supernatural uh, because your mum died. Uh, it was a little bit kind of like, this is why I got into archaeology. Well, this is definitely one of those plots like Raiders, where if the if the central player, central good guys did nothing, then <laughs> um, the baddies would have come up would short. Win. I know, well, no, yeah, no, that's true. Because like the, the old chestnut with... Um, uh, Indiana Jones is if India just stayed at home 
um, the Nazis would have not found um, either not found the Ark uh, at all because they only follow his um, tr- they only, the Nazis only follow Indy's trail to the Well of Souls, blah 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 blah. But also, if the Nazis had got hold of the Ark um, and Indy um, had not intervened, um, they would have just burnt up anyway. So Indy could have just gone home. Anyway, I've got a bit. He's, su- he's our audience surrogate. I, yes, I suppose all the but, all but the archaeologists the, in the audience. <laughs> but the closer parallel would be Last Crusade because that's obviously a father-child relationship. Yeah. And again, it's like I sent you the book, so you. Yes. No. And then, like, she brings along the same book. She brings along um, the dad's research, her dad's grail which, diary. Yeah, which falls into the hands of the bad guys. And yeah. Then they go on a so yeah a last crusade style trial of various stages once yeah. they get to the tomb itself. So anyway, she's in Hong Kong. Yeah. And there's a bit of a filler. It's like we need an action sequence because we haven't had one for a while. Yeah. So let's have her get mugged. So what do you think? What do you think about the action in the film? In general, well, I think, actually, I think it it de- it depends on the sequence. I think some sequences work better than others. I liked the little the I liked the bike chase at the start. I liked the foot chase. It was a bit sort of it's not needed. Mm. It was just it feels very much like oh, this is the bit in the Bond film or the Mission Impossible film where it's like we need an action sequence which has no relevance to anything, mm. but we just need to kind of make something a bit exciting and prove that she can handle herself a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's definitely felt around. like a, a bit of a uh, like a mandate from the studio where we we need a bit of excitement now. I wonder how much the Hong Kong tourist board think... were like. So she gets to Hong Kong and she gets mugged, and then some drunk guy tries to shoot. You know, bl- uh. bl- blasting a shotgun off in the <laughs> yeah. air. Of, is it Kowloon Bay? Uh, it's Aberdeen, I think. What? Yeah, What's... there's there's Aberdeen in Hong Kong. Oh, I did not know that. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my I first knew about that from Shenmue Two. Okay, <laughs> but it it's it's it must it must exist if it's in Shenmue Two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, so so she meets uh, Lou Ren. Yeah. And, so this act this yeah. actor, like I said, like I kind of got the vibe he was going to be the character is going to be more important than he ended up being. Um, he's a bit of a Hong Kong actor. Um, I do, Yeah, I think I haven't seen him before. Daniel, I don't think Daniel Wu. Daniel Wu. Called. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, she initially she thinks he's the guy who took her dad to um, the island. Turns out that um, his, his dad took her dad to the island. So just it's a story about following a couple That's, of missing dads. Yeah, but only Lara's dad's important, obviously. <laughs> well, it's no because later on in the film, um, one of the uh, slaves is like your dad gave his life so that we may live yeah. off I was, camera yeah i was like did he though <laughs> yes because no. if he was anything like the the guy who got ill he probably just like fell over and got yes. shot he took a bullet for the team yeah i mean yeah. it meant like matthias had one less bullet yes <laughs> to shoot someone else that day um but you know because because this sailor um doesn't like being sprayed by water by lara in the shower because she she basically Kind of like does a, a Diet Coke version of waterboarding. You'd, you'd think someone who owns and operates a vessel would mm. be okay with water. I was just thinking of sort of Jack Bauer, how he tortures somebody with like a nail through the leg. Um, and Lara Croft sprays him with a bit of water and he's on board, really. Yeah, but also then like a couple of shoefuls of money as well. Oh, yeah. Water and money is his weaknesses. So they're on the endurance... 
the, yes, the boat is called the Endurance. The Endurance. I kind of forgot what she was looking for. I got so caught up in, in the running around, I forgot why she was there for a bit. So when she saw the boat Endurance, it's like, oh yeah. Um, but she's on the old, she's on the boat with her her mate. Um, Lou Ren, yes. Lou Ren, okay. We keep having to yeah, rem- I wrote remember down, his name. Yep, yeah, Lou Ren. Um, and I thought this... Well, actually, there's a there's a cut a cut scene. <laughs> there is a flashback with perhaps the worst little girl actress I have ever encountered. Um, Not the first one. The younger one, she was all right. But you're talking about the the youngest one. The young the 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 apparently she's also the girl who played the young Wonder Woman in in Wonder Woman. No, wait. Woman. So there's little Lara, and then there's Archer Lara. Which one are you talking about? Little Lara. Oh, I thought she was all right. No, she I said... I thought Archer Lara was bad. She was also bad. Okay. But um, but like I remember, I wrote this down. She was like... Uh, when, when her dad says, I need to go now, she goes, What do you mean? And um, when, <laughs> when her dad walks away, potentially forever, okay. um, you could tell that she was watching her mark. She's meant to be watching her dad leave. But she looks at the ground for a little bit and then looks up because um, someone's yeah. clearly off camera going, look at your dad. <laughs> You're sad. Um, uh, but, you know, I looked at an Internet Movie Database. One of those actresses was young Wonder Woman and I can't remember which. But remember, you know, she's not she's an unreliable um, flashbacker. Um, yeah. So she could be she could be just very self-critical of how she was. <laughs> In the past. She's imagining herself as a bad as child actress. a bad actor. child actress. You know, I, I just... I we d- are the heroes of our own story, but she's very withering about the younger version of herself. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so they're on board the ship and they're heading to Yamatai to find their dads. Yeah, it's a, it's a double dad adventure. <laughs> it's, a double dad, it's a double dead dad adventure. Double dead dad adventure. Um, um, yeah, so they're, they're heading off to Yamatai and they encounter a big old The Devil's storm. Sea. Yeah, the Devil's Sea. Yes. And um, I, I... This bit was very video gamey, which is good for this sort of film. <laughs> but um, I thought the, the, so the ship encounters difficulties. They get sort of uh, um, uh, hit by rocks. No, well, they hit rocks. Um, which uh, makes the vessel flood. Kind of like solid That's... icebergs rocks, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> icebergs, icebergs that don't go anywhere. <laughs> Crap icebergs. Yeah, but actually, so the, we didn't. We haven't talked about the director yet. He go. He is. Um, his name is Raw Utaug. Mm. R O A R. I mean, I jealous because you're called Rory. You well, a little bit. Whole hog. I mean, called Raw Steel. But the the <laughs> thing is, is that he's. I mean, he's Norwegian, so I imagine it's pronounced something like Raw 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 He directed a film called The Wave, which mm. is all about ah. a big old tsunami. I think hitting Norway. Yeah. Or okay. something on those lines. But it, it it it's meant to be pretty good. I haven't haven't seen it myself. But I thought he. Ha- Clearly, he has experience of big, wet action <laughs> spectacle. <laughs> spectacle. Yeah. So I thought I thought that whole shipwreck sequence was actually was pretty good, and you have the strobe effects and yeah. the water and just, the. I was thinking about that that money um, that Lou Ren got. How like hollow? Oh, yeah. Oh, I wonder. Do how you much... think he gets paid in the end? Like yeah. once once she signed off and inherited the stuff, do you think she wires him some money? Well, again, this this point, I think the film completely loses interest in Lou Ren. Like halfway through, I seem to be more interested in Lou Ren than the film is interested in. Lou yeah, Ren. but I I think that's 
credit to his performance because I found mm. I found with not a huge amount to do he was very so and charismatic I thought he's and saying his good performance raised my expectations and therefore let me down yes um, he so should have been worse in this film both bad and good performances let me down a little girl why can't everyone Ren. why can't everyone just be mediocre yeah, mediocre acting in my video game movies please um um, so they get shipwrecked and quickly get captured by um, uh, Mr. Goggles. What's his name? Academy Mr. Award winner. Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. <laughs> he is also an Oscar winner. God, this is... St- you know, but it was for short film. I think he directed and starred in it. So okay. it wasn't performance-led. So in the entire film of Tomb Raider, it got... A short, good performance, and then the rest of it is kind of average. I guess so. What do you think of him? Was he was he all right? Was he a good villain? Because I again comparing to Lara Croft Tomb Raider, Ian Glenn. Ian Glenn will appear on this podcast Res- several times. Resident Evil's Ian Glenn, not Game of Thrones's Ian Glenn. No, he decides to do some proper acting when he's in the Resident Evil movies yes. or, or a Tomb Raider. On film. the DVD box, it will say Ian Glenn <clears throat> brackets Resident Evil. Two, three, <laughs> five, five. <laughs> one of those. Um, but so, I don't know. I know no, not, not many people like the original Tomb Raider film, but uh, I thought Ian Glenn was like a charismatic kind of guy. And yeah. this guy, the Mr. V, <laughs> Vogel. Matthias Vogel, yeah. Matthias Vogel. Didn't really leave much of an impression, I thought. No, but he's, he's not got a huge amount of, like... It's not like a kind of chewing the scenery villainous performance, which is may which maybe would have made things a bit more interesting. But you do, I think, because they're trying to ground it a little more in reality, you do get the sense that he has been marooned on this island for seven years, and he's what? basically just a kind of unpredictable psychopath. Well, so. Again, this is where he gets a little bit muddy. He's actually there on instruction from the Sinister Organization uh, Trinity. Yes, sadly not the ITV2 TV series I adore. (laughs) Again, I I know we're doing a very niche podcast here, but uh, I think you're overestimating... Look it up. Look it up and watch it. The cultural footprint of ITV2. It's got Charles Dance... Need I say more? Yeah, I suppose if if you're living in America or wherever and have never never seen Trinity, you should check out Trinity because we're still talking about Game of Thrones actors <laughs> here. Um, well, I've lost my train of thought now. With that, that Trin- so, oh, so, he's, so yeah, so, yeah, he's he's um he works for Trinity, and um, and he's I got the impression that he's he's there under instruction and he can't leave until he um, finds the tomb. Mm. Um, so he's not exactly shipwrecked, is he? No, um, no, he's there. He's been stuck there trying to find a tomb, like a needle in the haystack situation. Um, but it is his lucky day because Oscar winner Alicia Vikander is there is now in um, his possession, and with the trail, uh, the the Grail Diary, yes. basically as we call it. Um, and now he's she's made his job a lot more easy. He casually drops the line. Um, he casually drops the line, I killed your dad. And then he takes Lara Croft down to... Um, uh, work. To work, yeah. First, honest bit of work of her life, but, but apart from the oh, cycling. Yeah, apart from all the curious stuff. Uh, I just, going back slightly, did you think at the start with the cycling that she would end up riding a bike 
at any point later in the film because sometimes they drop skills that she has that a character has to well, be used later on. Well, so I was half expecting her to find like um, a mountain bike on the island <laughs> and escape through the tomb via a mountain bike. Yeah, she finds like a, a bike made out of bamboo <laughs> or something. No, but she, well, with the film starts with her doing kickboxing training. Yeah, she uses her kickboxing a little bit. Yeah, but she does use archery a whole lot because what happens is um, she she manages to escape with her, with my friend Lou Ren um, helping her out uh, from the slave camp. Um, then she runs through the forest and um, she goes. Yeah, she falls into, into a, river. a ravine, river. And this this bit um, might have been the most disappointing bit of the film for me because um, just all this, all the big stunts, all of it was. CGI. All of it well, was... it was. It was. I mean, the kind of the stuff was happening to an extent, but there was just some pretty ropey green screen around her. So she she falls, you know, in sort of classic cartoon fashion, sort of uh, goes through a river which is heading towards a waterfall. Mm-hmm. Um, but she finds a. But, but rather than sort of going out into space and then touching the ground for a, the, the non-existent ground for a bit and then falling to her doom like a wily coyote cartoon, yeah. she grabs hold of a of a plane, a, a, a downed crashed, bomber, a crashed plane, Japanese bomber plane, just happens to be there, um, and. And then there's a series of unfortunate events where <laughs> she, the plane collapses, the plane wing collapses, and the plane collapses. She grabs a parachute. Then she, she rides a parachute through a fake CGI jungle. And then she lands, and that whole brief sequence I've just described actually takes about ten minutes. And at yeah. no point was like core. Cool. I'm sure the stunt man might have been in a bit stunt man, stunt lady would have been in a bit of a danger. Yeah, I mean it was nicely enough kind of set up, but the execution wasn't particularly uh great but it, i mean in, in terms of it it's, it's funny because when we're when i was playing the game um is that bit in the game i can't remember exactly that bomber necessarily there's a little bit like that in the first uncharted so maybe i'm just getting the two confused but um with um the game it seems like you go from one era to the other transitioning purely through falling like she spends most of the game falling down a hole and then like going, ow! Maybe that's just how you play it, though. No, <laughs> you should be falling down holes all the time. That's how you have to. That's, that's the only way you can get from one area to the next is mm. by falling <laughs> or see. like, you know, sort of plunging into a river or, you know. So I think in that sense, the film was pretty uh, pretty accurate. Okay. There's, there's some good fighting. I think my favourite fight sequence was in in the boxing ring at the start, and then all the rest of it is is a little bit, um, a little bit rushed. It seems, and that might have just been a factor of like location filming or yeah, or so stuff like that. Because she, uh, so Vogel sends out some tracker to hunt her down. Yes, and she has a scrap in the mud, which is kind of very hard to make out exactly what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, this, this might have been one of my favourite bits in a way because she, um, this is like the moment like in like the Casino Royale where we, we see Bond kill somebody for the first time and it's really hardcore um, and it really affects the character. And this this one is, is to show how Lara is really horrified that she's actually killed someone and you realise, oh my goodness, this is the first time she's killed somebody. And from that point on, 
she is a-okay <laughs> about killing. She can't help herself. She grabs a bow and arrow and um, have you seen uh, Rick and Morty? There's like an assassin who goes, oh, uh, here I go, it's him. I'm just killing again. Um, she's like that. She gets a bow and arrow and she just murders literally everyone she sees from that point on. So I, I think the Flower re-encounter re for the rest of the film has had a bit of a mental break. Well, I think that's similar to the game as well. Like she, she gets very upset the first time she kills someone mm. and she has a little pause, catches her breath and she's like, okay, I've broken the seal I might, I might as well just... It's a, killing people is a lot easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Once you've had your first, mm. it just gets easier. Once you pop, easier. you can't stop <laughs> with the old murder. Um, but she, she, luckily enough, on a big old island, her dad was watching her murder a man in the dark. <laughs> and um, she follows this shadowy figure back to a cave and it is... Dominic West. Papa who, Croft himself. Yep, and I realised in close-ups with his big beard and his big hair, he reminded me of Mustafa from The Lion King. Mufasa. Mufasa from The Lion King. Mustafa. Who's Mustafa? I'm thinking of Mustafa from Re Revenge of the Sith, I realise. So anyway, um, with his big face and close-up, with his big hair and beard, he looks like... The Cowardly Lion. The Cowardly Lion. <laughs> oh, that's a much better analogy. Can you imagine? It's like... Dad! Dad! Is Tomb Raider a Wizard of Oz oh, parody? Is she Dorothy Lost? Is it, so, I was going to say, it's either a secret reboot of Hellraiser... Um, what was that other one you mentioned? Hellraiser... God, oh, I can't remember now. We've been recording this for longer than we anticipated. <laughs> um, so anyway, she, she meets her dad in a cave and talks him down from insanity because initially she her dad thinks uh, she's, like, not real. Um, and I'm just having a Did quick... Did you like Dominic West's performance? Dominic West. So, I mean, as we said in this episode zero, we're big fan of bad movies and um his oh, towering performance God, I forgot about in saw is the most ott performance i can think of at the moment that's um, what we kind of wanted from i mean like imagine if the villain had been like call me vogel <laughs> <laughs> i am vogel <laughs> um yeah so donnie west he, he um so i'm comparing him to john voight now who played like lara's dad yeah. in uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider and you know he, he gives a very subtle uh, I don't know he gives a quite quiet performance quietly dignified yeah um, this one you know it's a, he's asked different things I'm I'm not sure if I liked him to be honest to be honest I, I, <laughs> I did, I, did I mean in terms of they always use some sort of term of endearment as shorthand for relationship mm. like I quite liked Sprout well that meant I nobody liked likes that. Sprout so I wouldn't call my kid Sprout because that means <laughs> nobody would like my kid <laughs> and as soon as he he finds out that she's brought this uh, grail diary to the hands of the evil Trinity organization. He, he flips his lids and then Lara says, um, well, fuck you then. <laughs> Daddy. I'm taking your quiver. Am I, I misremembering this? Is it literally, is that that back and forth? No, but she shaves his beard first and then she tells him to fuck off. She, uh, her dad says we can't leave because of the supernatural power of um, Himiko. Himiko, and and she says I don't I don't believe in Himiko, and I think actually this is another important thing a differentiation between the old and new Lara's because this Lara as well as not being terribly 
interested in history. She's not she's not a true believer either. She she I think one thing going throughout the film uh, for the first two thirds at least is that she thinks her dad was just after like a bag of bones in a tomb and doesn't believe any of the magical elements because um because apparently Himiko is a some sort of goddess of death, isn't she? Yeah, the idea is, you know, you must not let the power get into the wrong hands. Mm. So, and and I think her dad is worried Himiko will will poison the earth with her evil magic. And uh, Lara's like, that sounds like old dad stuff. <laughs> dad jokes. Dad jokes. <laughs> um, so uh, she says, well, I don't believe what we can't escape the island, so I'm going to rescue my mates. And she decides to go on a killing spree. Um, they kill a lot of prisoners. It's like one of those things where she decides to rescue the prisoners and uh, Lou Ren. Um, and the way they do that is basically causing a whole load of racket, which sets the guards well, onto them. And the guards shoot a lot of the prisoners and some of them escape. It, I mean, it mirrors my game experience in that she starts off trying to do stealth mode. Mm. And the way it's framed is very much like stealth mode in the video game and mm. she does a little hiding behind a bridge and like sneaking you know I would have loved the sequence where tents. she hides very visibly under a table but the guard <laughs> can't see her <laughs> she didn't at one point ever sort of throw a stone and be like oh let's look over there yes well there seems to be stone noises leading me <laughs> towards this blind corner but yeah, then she fails the stealth mission and um, it just becomes a killing spree. Yeah, and you know, thousand bullets come her way, a few arrows the other way, and the baddies are dead. Um, and then her dad wanders right towards the entrance of the tomb, um, thereby making it quite easy for Vogel to threaten his life and force Lara to open the tomb. Did you at any point think that he was going to... Vogel was going to shoot Papa Croft? No. <laughs> I don't know. I I thought it was nicely enough played. Mm. I thought there was a little bit of tension. Yeah. There, was, there was tension. I just felt that, um, again, it's one of those situations where if Lara's dad hadn't basically put himself into danger, then this would have all been... Mm. I could have gone home earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Never mind. Lara opens the tomb and about, what, two... How long is this film? Two hours. Okay, about as long as this podcast might be. Let's, let's hope not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, about one hour, um, 45 minutes in, one hour, maybe 90 minutes in, we enter our tomb of the title. Yes. And... Um, not a crypt. Not a crypt, <laughs> but a tomb. And the, literally, the first thing which happens is uh, somebody gets spiked. Um, they tre- they press, um, they they stand on a on a panel, and some spikes skewer the bloke. And it was meant to keep them in. Yes. So this this not is, keep them out. I de- I see. I felt quite. I felt I enjoyed this bit. I started to get intrigued. I mean, I actually found all the detective stuff at the start. Um, Again, quite intriguing as well. It was keeping me interested. And then they got to the tomb. And then I thought, oh, why do they want to keep things in? Ooh. Um, Mysterious. I did think it was a bit weird that the, the s- things got more difficult for our heroes as they went into the tomb. Meaning, 
anyone trying to get out would encounter the more deadly traps first. Yeah, so it's so, like if you manage to get past the really hard stuff, then, it's like, well, you've earned your right to just the walk last, through. The this last, last thing's a, doddle. a bit easy. It's a doddle for the Queen of Death. <laughs> um, so they, end, they do the spiky floor, and then there's one... Um, there's a room in which they the floor starts falling away, which is very video gamey. It's yeah. definitely felt like um, the donut rings in Super Mario World, where if you stand on them for too long, they will fall. And but the whole the these whole sections is that again, it's recounted in the the Grail Diary, and it's very yes. much like only the penitent man may pass, and the chasm of of souls or whatever it was called in Tomb Raider was very much An you army, crossed the bridge. You had to face in the book in their Grail diary. It said face the army of a thousand handmaidens, and it was pretty much just oh, okay. You just but walk past some skeletons. Scared of handmaidens, like Ooh, but they're skeletons. Ooh, skeleton handmaidens. Um, but the way to get out of the floor, the floor falling trap, was um finding basically the color of life, and I thought that. It's green in the film. She gets the colour green. A nugget of purest green. Yes, but I thought, isn't blood red? And isn't that life? Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be blue because it's used the element that brings life, which yeah. is water from Mortal Kombat. I thought we'd say there'd be no spoilers oh, for yeah, other films. But, um, well, it's not green. It's just she gets a yellow one and a blue one. So she just use her, uses her kind oh, of primary to... colour colour oh. wheel, I think. Well, yeah, so um, guess what? Lara survives the first two traps and the last but thing. What, the is one, it, was it a third trap? Well, I think it was like the chasm was... They just put oh. a ladder across. But they do so by walking, like, upright. Surely it's easier to crawl. They make this whole sort of tense scene of, like, oh, will they slip off the ladder? But um, just just lie down. Talking about stating the fucking obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, halfway through the tomb... Um, Lord Croft does say, um, we're getting closer. <laughs> it's like, yes, I mean, <laughs> you know, the entrance is behind you. <laughs> but it could be one of those like weird, crazy tombs where they go in and then they come out where they entered and mm. they never got close enough to where they needed to be. But where they need to be is... Himiko's... Himiko's tomb. These all these, all these names. What's the uh, island? Timothy. <laughs> It was called Timothy Island. Yamatai. Yamatai. So anyway, they get to the middle of Timothy Island and find a Yamako. 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 And um, I might might be culturally insensitive if I'm not remembering the names of these fictional things. This made up stuff. Anyway, they get to finally the crypts and Lordy Lordly. Um, So actually... This is where I think the game, from my my intensive research on Wikipedia, um, this is where the game and the film differs, because the big twist seems to be that... um, Yamako? Oh my god. (laughs) What's it called? Just look at Yamako. Alright, so Yamako. I'm going to produce flashcards next time. (laughs) So, um, Yamako is not the goddess of death or anything like that. In the film, Himiko is... um, She's got a virus. She's got a deadly plague. She's sacrificed herself. She's sealed herself away to protect the world. And I believe in the game, there is a supernatural element. Yeah, I think so. Um... Yeah, so it's the. I mean, the same with the Angelina, at least the first Angelina Jolie film. I haven't seen the second one, but you could possibly confirm. But the whole idea was that 
oh, these supernatural things are real. Like she fights yeah. a big statue and, and all definitely this jazz. In the original, it's a tricky thing, this, because I appreciate how they're keeping it down to earth and gritty and real and all that stuff. But um, I just kept waiting for the supernatural stuff to start. Mm. The, it's beautiful stuff yeah. to start. And I was hoping for... Um, I was just looking forward to this goddess of death to start, like, smack-kicking ass. And... Well, I sort of thought that when they said, oh, she's sacrificed herself, I thought it was like, oh, if they take her bones, then they release mm. whatever evil was mm. going to be I mean, unleashed. The, the film is playing on that, though, because yeah. um, the skeleton, the skeleton uh, pops up yeah. on a mechanism... Um, just just for, for, for shits and giggles really <laughs> yeah. i don't know why just for a laugh. i don't know why that happened <laughs> but um primitive jack-in-the-box technology yeah but um yeah i i guess i was expecting this is where my expectations probably let me down i was hoping and expecting there being something supernatural and um nothing really did i mean um one of the mercenaries gets infected because they in t- they touch the body of himiko and um they start getting all uh, grizzly and um, he shoots his mate and touches his mate. And later on, his uh, mate comes back. And I thought for a brief second that um, we're going to get zombies. And I thought this was a surprise zombie. And I thought, oh, I've always, I always like a surprise zombie in a film. I was a little bit disappointed because it meant that... Um, it was another zombie film, and there's plenty to come. But, yeah, but I, I guess I this thought... was skirting. It was more like kind of crazy necrosis sort of. I think he jazz. he wasn't as shot as he thought, <laughs> and then he uh, came back to life for a brief moment in his death throes. But he touches, he fondles um, Papa Croft, Papa Croft, and uh, he gets infected as well. And suddenly, I feel like, oh no, I'm not gonna get. Dominic West in a sequel. Unless in more flashbacks, actually. Yeah, that I'm sure I'm sure he recorded lots of tapes. Yes. In um, his little raid room. So um La- we've actually stopped talking about Lara for a little bit, but while all this is happening, <laughs> uh Lara well, um once they discover that um the goddess of death was actually just a, a carrier of a plague, um Vogel Snaps a snips a finger off, yeah, um, which I think is a bit intense as well because you just you don't want to get any of that in your mouth really, <laughs> um, or any um, f- uh, skin follicle, skin bits, flakes. skin flakes into your mouth and stuff. But he uh, he um, puts the little finger in the tiniest little plastic bag and puts it in his top pocket, and then does a runner. Um, meanwhile, Lara is. Well, Lara, she 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 was running away. She hides from some. Uh, bad guy in a skeleton uh tomb in one of the handmaiden tombs yeah and, and because she looks so much like a skeleton handmaiden <laughs> he walked right past her um well i mean basically i mean all that needs to be said is that like she finds her dad dying and there's a little mm. little moment and he's gonna go and blow everything up and she picks up her pickaxe which has been well it's like a mountaineering sort of axe thing which is like a key item in the game, and so it's on the poster. It's on the poster, and it's it's even the uh, Lara Croft Barbie doll they've released has one uh, has a brandishing mm. one, and so I kind of thought, oh, she'll use this all the time, but no, she kind of just like has it for a second. Yeah, well, she she jumped. Well, she jumps the chasm a little bit before before she does her big epic jump. 
Um, she has her final fight with Vogel. Yeah. Um, so she punches him in the balls, which I like very much. And um, then she makes him eat the finger and oh, the, the the rancid old finger and then as she he starts no as he that. starts to decompose she kicks him into a chasm because no big baddie is allowed to die just once you have to die two twice two different ways mm. um i i have to admit that i did not meet get her her kiss offline do you remember what she said at all um oh something about it runs in the family or or <laughs> <laughs> something about that I'd I'd like I would like the villain to say something like oh fuck you Croft and then she says it runs in the family <laughs> and he goes what <laughs> and then he's like, oh fuck it never mind and kicks him off into the chasm so papa croft um explodes the tomb yeah, and because himself. he brought some dynamite with him well, they had charges because they were blowing up. Oh, that's true. That's blowing true. up rocks to look for the tomb in the first place. She like runs away, gets on a little lifty jobby, which rockets her up into the um, well, in, onto the into surface the where um, Lou Ren finds yes, the her. hero of the film. <laughs> uh, Lou Ren uh, saves Lara Croft from from a rock. Yeah, <laughs> from the rocks and. Um, They've got transportation inbound because Vogel had said, "Oh, we found the tomb, yes. so get the helicopter." So, as we said, he's he wasn't stranded. He called once he found he had the tomb. He called for a liftoff. He called for a helicopter to come, and then the helicopter arrives. And standing right in front of him is Lara Croft with a bow and arrow. And I was thinking, does an arrow go through the windshield of a helicopter? <laughs> Just paint off. Well, there's a guy but, with but like, a yeah, Lou, big gun. Lou Ren, again, the hero of the piece, um, has his machine gun. And then they um, all chop her out of there. Yeah. I wonder what happened to those pilots. I mean, it's a thing where they could have interrogated the pilots about this sinister organisation, yeah. but they probably just got dropped off um, at the sort of... Um, helicopter airstrip that Alan Sugar uses and <laughs> yeah and all those kind of fishermen who were enslaved by Trinity are just like yeah. okay thanks chopper dudes yeah, they're, they're, I think <laughs> we'll just go back to our families under, now under Lou Ren's care now he started an orphanage for, for, <laughs> for, for grown adults <laughs> and that's did you stay to the pre to the end of the credits? Because that's what happens uh, yeah well, I stayed to the end no, okay so that didn't happen <laughs> I lied um, so she decides now that her dad definitely is dead. She signs, she goes back to Kristen Scott Thomas and, and Derek Jacoby, who've been sat there for the entire film <laughs> waiting for her to get back. <laughs> yeah, because she did kind of rush off. Yeah, <laughs> just like uh, but this meeting room's only booked until eleven. <laughs> yeah, so they've been sat there, and she signs. She signs um, the daddy death the, papers. The daddy death papers, and then is given a big old ledger of all the companies. And she notices to her horror, one of the companies is a subsidiary of um, the Umbrella Corporation. (laughs) (laughs) No, of Trinity. And suddenly we start getting hints of sequel material where we discover that Christian Scott Thomas, who to this point we thought it was nice old aunt. Is it Aunt Anna? Is she an aunt? I thought she was just the CEO. I thought There was some possible, I don't know, there was clearly like... I don't know. Was there something between her and Papa Croft? Um, or were they related? I, I think. But um, she, we discover that she has been set up to be the big bad in the second one. She is yeah. the, she's effectively the Blofeld. 
And because everyone loves massive... They've got operations everywhere. Yeah, they've got operations everywhere. And Lara's discovered she's signed her company off, her estate and everything, I think, to Trinity. Is that what I'm getting off the end of that film? Mm, I, I'm not 100% sure. But it, yeah, it was, I mean, it was all a very kind of confused, like, oh, this, this, this. But it's like, at no one point did they, uh, I don't know, they don't really sort of like tie things they up said the together. Phrase, they, you know, they said the phrase Trinity enough so that it's stuck in your head. So, you know, that's probably going to be the big bad of any sort of sequel. And um, then Lara drives her Volvo to the <laughs> um, manor. Like she drove an Aston Martin in the Angelina Jolie ones, but she's driving a... The latest model of Volvo in is this. Volvo's Swedish, right? Yeah, isn't and Alicia Vikander's Swedish. Yep, she's she's born in Sweetland, Sweden, Sweden. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so maybe fifteen. It's... When she was fifteen, she moved to the UK. Okay, and she arrives. She goes back to the crypt, and um, people are probably thinking Laura's spending a lot of time in the crypt now. <laughs> <laughs> but she's oh, going she down went, to yeah. the secret room and says something like, "Okay, it's uh, time." To prepare for the sequel. <laughs> Time for business. And credits. Yeah. And then um, there's that little mini scene when she... Um, again, because she's now broken and she can't get enough killing, she goes to um, like a, a London she, pawn she, shop. Yeah, she braids her hair. Oh, did she have... Did you notice her hair? Yeah, she's, she's, oh, she gets the Laura Croft that's braid. Why you, that's why you're a good boyfriend, because you notice hair, when people's ladies' and, hairs change, whereas I have to be informed when my wife's hair colour has changed. Now, so, yeah, so she goes to the pawn shop and, you know, she sees that they've got some guns. You find that this cutesy-poo English sort-of-the-earth pawn shop owners also probably survive, supply all sorts of horrible gangs yeah. with their weapons and I, I know her, her double handguns are sort of her iconic thing but it did smack a little bit of like i don't know i found it a little bit unsavory just how excited she was to have does she use the guns, guns. in the 2013 game where she bow and arrow oh no away? she she shoots right. people with grenade launchers and all kinds well, of here's stuff the thing. i definitely i definitely felt i heard a groan when they show when was uh, that no 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 when when the when she showed off the guns not her guns as in her arms when she showed off the guns at the end of the film i heard a groan behind me in the cinema because i think somebody was really waiting for her to get those guns out and when we discovered that it was the last shot of the film and we're gonna have to wait another two years before she shoots a man (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think somebody in that audience was disappointed but like Rory Steele, were you disappointed at all? What did you, what did you actually think? Now we've talked about the film. Did you enjoy it? Did you think it was good? Um, did you think it was bad? Because that's the opposite of good. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it, and mm. I thought it was it was pretty entertaining. I mean, I I think it's sort of a pretty standard actiony blockbustery type film, mm. um, and. I think the 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 thing is it's it's one of those films where the more stuff that happens, the more important stuff that happens, the less interesting it becomes. It's like when I saw the first Transformers movie, I was really enjoying it until the robot showed up, mm. and then it was just oh okay, now we have to deal with the well, robots. But I think there was enough kind of character, particularly with her performance uh, at the start of the film. Um, that I was very happy just to, I was very happy just to kind of, you know, watch that. And I, it, it laid the groundwork to make you kind of interested in the character because 
it it sort of uh, helped the film along because of that early uh, sort of introduction to her when she's doing all her London. Yeah, I found stuff. I did also find the early stuff before she goes to the island the more interesting stuff. And when she mm. got to the island, it did seem like a bit of a generic action movie. I, I think because. Um, it's like again it's sadly still quite rare to have uh, an action movie starring like a, a, a young lady um that has it going for it that makes it a bit more unique um but um i would i would still recommend it i would uh, i it passed the time i think i would give it <laughs> past the time as a glowing recommendation no but you know sometimes you just want to pass the time and i felt the time was definitely past <clears throat> watching tomb raider um i don't know if i'd watch it again um I yeah. think I think and again I'm slightly worried that any sort of sequel would um would just make Sarah basically a ki- a killing maniac <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where you could possibly go I mean but you... like in the Angelina Jolie film she doesn't really kill too many people she's mainly but that's the thing because it's supernatural she's allowed to shoot statues mm. and robots I can't remember if she things, shoots but... other human things and actually talking about robots I was when we watched the bicycle race at the start I was thinking the, oh, the last Tomb Raider the first Tomb Raider film she fights a robot at the start and in this one she rides a bike <laughs> it's a bit different but I, 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 I did enjoy it I, I think it was pretty well sort of shot and put together and and while the island stuff I wasn't super interested in I did like the shipwrecked scene I did like the actual stuff in the tomb when they were there mm. I thought that was nicely captured and I I think yeah she was she um uh Alicia Vikander was was very good mm. in the role you kind of like I think she sold the character I think she did well the film captured certainly a kind of look and feel of the rebooted game. So in that sense, I think it's a fairly successful um, adaptation mm. and a kind of all right movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed, I have to just quit shout out. I enjoyed the credits music, that run for your life song. Yeah. I like that. It was, it was, <laughs> but a, it was I, a good song. you know, just today before we recorded this podcast, I was lamenting the fact that it did it ended it didn't end with Basement Jacks. Yeah, where's your head at? Oh yeah, the original Tomb Raider film did have cracking soundtrack, good tunes. <laughs> um, so um, though it sounds like we're a little bit tepid on Tomb Raider, it's still a recommendation. It's hard uh, to kind of say, oh, this is the best video game movie or that kind of thing because we're only just getting started. So it's mm. hard to sort of see how. But we would place it. You know, we don't want to talk too much about like what other people think or online stuff. But it seems that this movie got um, some strong reactions because some people um, sort of really, really love it. Some people really, really sort of hate it. And I think video game movies, in a way, sort of heighten that. I think a lot of people have now fallen into um, oh the video game movie curse and the video game. Yeah, you know, will it ever be a good video game movie? Mm. I would say this is a good video game movie. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I think so. I mean, it didn't offend my offend me at all. I I enjoyed it. There was you know, some pretty pretty decent action, some some bad CGI, but um... I think yeah, it's it's video game movies have reached the level of mediocre action blockbuster, yeah. and that maybe the next one will be legitimately that's good. okay. <laughs> um, so that concludes Tomb Raider, I think. But next up, we have not an adaptation, but... Um, well, a book adaptation. Oh, that's true. Book adaptation. Um, 
and and the book um is inspired by pretty much everything produced in the 80s it's yes. uh ready player one so ready player one will be our next episode in terms of where you can find us, we are on soundcloud.com slash gamesonfilmpod, twitter.com slash gamesonfilmpod, facebook.com slash gamesonfilmpod. You can email us gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com if you want to send any comments, queries or suggestions. Harry, where can they find you? <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at onlymanwhocan. And I'm on Twitter at Rory Steele, R-O-R-Y-S-T-W-L-E. And um, you can also um, like us on all those places and follow us for updates on future episodes. Quick shout out. Thanks to David Lightfoot for the awesome music. And um, I guess see you next time for a little bit of Ready Player One. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.